In today's highly competitive mortgage industry, building profitable relationships with real estate agents is essential for success. However, finding effective ways to secure agent relationships can be a challenge. With so many mortgage loan originators vying for the attentions of real estate agents, it can be difficult to stand out and establish meaningful connections. Our new case study featuring loan officer Chris Coghill is a must read. Chris has closed a remarkable 36 million in funded loans from agent referrals. And in this case study, he shares his proven strategies for building strong relationships with real estate agents and leveraging those relationships to drive more business. To get your hands on this resource, head over to locasestudy.com and download your free copy of the case study today. You'll find actionable insights and practical tips that Chris used to close 36 million in funded loans from agent referrals and how you can too. Don't miss out. Go check it out right now. Visit locasestudy.com and download your free copy today. Welcome to Mortgage Marketing Radio, brought to you by the Mortgage Marketing Institute, your number one source for truth in mortgage marketing. Hey, hey, listeners, what's up? This is Jeff Zimfer, your humble host for Mortgage Marketing Radio Podcast. I'm so thrilled you tuned in. Man, what a privilege it is every week to have a few minutes of your time to share what I hope are our impactful conversations, ideas with you that you will take and apply in your life and in your mortgage business to have more, more value, more significance, more fun, obviously make more money in your business. And if that's what you're getting from listening to these podcasts, I'm the one who's actually benefiting more. I get more out of these by hearing your feedback on the podcasts, perhaps than you get, because it's just part of my how I'm wired, the heart of a teacher and a passion to give back to the industry that gave so much to me and I think is an incredible industry for those that are willing to evolve and grow uh, and continue to adapt and learn from others and share, right? So I thank you for tuning in. Speaking of uh, getting feedback from you listeners, I got to give a shout out to one of our more recent reviews. Cliff Jennings left us a nice five-star review. Here's what Cliff says, fresh new mortgage podcast. Such a refreshing podcast for mortgage loan originators everywhere. So many other podcasts are outdated and can ramble so quickly. I haven't been bored yet. Thank you. Listening to this podcast. Great new ideas, wonderful interviewees. Listen and learn, people. Cliff Jennings, thank you, sir. I appreciate you, man. You know what to do. Hit me up on the Facebooks. DM me. Send me your t-shirt size and mailing address, and let's get you off a swag box. Okay, so that's what you know. If you want to leave a review, that's what you know to do. You can do it. You know how to do it. Let's do it. Speaking of doing it, let's do it. Let's get into this week's episode. My special guest is Dan Enchetta. And uh, Dan is out of uh, Northern California, Petaluma, a highly competitive area. Um, why I'm bringing Dan on is this. Oftentimes, I have conversations with loan originators who are talking about bringing on an assistant. They're, usually, that's what they're doing, talking about it instead of doing it. Uh, they're realizing that they need an assistant. They need support to, help, to, to grow. And here's the old saying, right? If you uh, don't have an assistant, you are the assistant. What I love about Dan and why we're having this conversation is he's only been in the business three years, three short years. But Dan early on realized the importance of having an assistant. And so I wanted to unpack the conversation of having the, you know, of what is the transition that he went through to hiring his first assistant. 
and all the things that are involved in deciding to hire an assistant. Who do you hire? How do you know if they're the right person for the job? What are the roles that they do and things like that? And I'll tell you what, Dan will tell you, as you'll hear on this interview, that it allowed him to double his volume, right? So in 2018, he did 20 million. In 2019, he's closing out at 82 units and 40 million. And he's going to grow even more in uh, 2020. He's already looking at bringing on his next hire, which is more of a biz dev development role. So Dan can stay in his lane of, of excellence in his wheelhouse. And that is uh, serving clients, meeting and greeting and talking to people. So I thought it'd be relevant to have a conversation around um, this, right, with regards to bringing on assist- an assistant and things like that. And so hopefully there's some key takeaways and nuggets you can learn from our conversation with Dan and Shetta. And as always, if you're looking for more growth, feel free to check out the mortgagemarketing.pro website where you can learn more about how to grow your business, whether it be from getting maximum referrals in minimum time, whether getting started with video, Instagram, YouTube, all the socials, becoming a modern originator, mortgagemarketing.pro, check out the quick video. And we'll put links to everything we mentioned, as always, in the podcast's show notes. So you can easily click and go check it out right from your mobile phone, wherever you're listening to this. So without further ado, let's get into this week's show. Dan, welcome to the show. Right on, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. I know you're busy and great to connect with you. Um, If you wouldn't mind, just, you know, for the listeners, they heard my kind of formal intro about you, but give us the the Dan and Chetta version of how long in the biz, like rough, roughly production. And what do you love about this business? Right on. Cool. Yeah, so I started uh, June 1st, 2016, and I remember that because it was the month that Brexit happened, and like <laughs> the whole world was in, in turmoil, and um, I had no no idea what I was getting myself into. Um, I had just ended a, a career as a commercial banker at a community bank doing mostly business lending and that sort of thing, mm. and um, thought I'd give this whole mortgage thing a try because uh, I just figured there was a better way to, for me to spend my time and, and make money and provide for my family. So I, uh, I thought, hey, I know how to manage relationships and I know how to make loans. So let's, let's figure out this whole mortgage thing. So um, I always joke with people that I don't know the world before TRID. Um, I didn't do a loan before TRID existed. So it's kind of a, maybe a, a blessing in disguise because just kind of normal. Right. Um, so yeah, so uh, so half the year in 2016, I was just looking at my numbers because I knew you're going to ask me. Did about 10 million in that first six months. Wow, um, good. And then 2017, I did like 13 million. 2018, I did about 20, and this year I'll do 40. Okay, got it. So 2019, closing out on 40 million in three years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a pretty quick ride. Um, what part of the country are you in? I'm in the Bay Area in San Francisco Bay Area. All right, so arguably a competitive market. Yeah, very competitive. Yeah, we know we've got some players up there. Yes, um, in my town, they're here. Yeah, I know, right? They're, I've interviewed some of them in your <laughs> town. Um, what do you attribute that? That's a very fast growth, man. I mean, I talk to people who've been in the business. And by the way, how many units is that? Right, just to give uh, some. That's about uh, just looking around. Eighty-two units. Okay, eighty-two units. Okay, so nothing. Uh, you know, that's that's solid, man. Um, what do you attribute that growth to, though, in three short years? Yeah, so the big change I made this year um, is I hired a full-time assistant to help with my production. Um, I like the kind of phrase of, like, only do the things that only you can do. Mm-hmm. And so really learning how to delegate as much as possible so that she can take on as many of the roles within a transaction as possible. Mm-hmm. So that really all I'm trying to spend my time is not – not perfect at it, but what I'm trying to do is just spend as much of my time as possible um, building trust with clients and referral partners 
finding the business, bringing it in. I'm the face of every transaction. I don't delegate to other people and say, this person's now your transaction coordinator. They're going to see it through to close. I'm the person through the entire, the entire process. But um, uh, having that full-time dedicated assistant has just been a total game changer for me. So I was kind of on the roller coaster, do two, do three, do zero, do four, do zero. And now it's been pretty consistent, you know, somewhere between eight and 15 loans a month. Just kind of Right. And we're going to unpack this. That's kind of the focus of our conversation is the transition to hiring your first assistant. Um, I think that's the, that'll be the name of this episode. Um, Before I forget though, 2020, what are you forecasting for that? Have you built any of that out yet? Yeah. So I was just talking to my coach about that. Um, So I'm a Duncanite, I guess I'll just be forthright. (laughs) Duncanite. Love it. So um, I, my coach is an amazing woman, Teresa Odette. Um, If you haven't connected with her, you totally should. Mm. And she has a great business up in Lake Tahoe area. Anyway, we were just looking at the numbers. I think it's going to be 60, I think, um, like that 5 million a month on average number okay. is is great. I'm actually in the process of thinking about the next hire, mm. um, probably changing my um, workflow a little bit, but okay. it would be good. So kind of team of three would be the would be the ideal situation for me right now. All right. So let's unpack this assistant situation for everybody okay. listening, seeing as you went through a transition. Um Take, take me back to like that, the, the stage or the time that you first realized you perhaps needed help and what, what kind of struggles did you deal with? Did you yeah. like, you know, deal with that usual conversation of, Hey, I don't want to spend the money. I can't afford it, whatever. Take, totally. take us through that a little bit. Yeah. So people always ask like, when's the right time to hire an assistant? And my answer is, um, when you're serious about growing your business. So when I hired the assistant, I really didn't need her in terms of, you know, my production at that moment. Um, but I had a vision for what I wanted to my business to look like, what I wanted my practice to look like. So I went out on a limb and kind of talked to my manager. It's like, Hey, this is what I'm thinking about doing. He's like, okay, I don't see why you need that. But if you're feeling that strongly about it, then we'll, we'll figure that out. So, um, so yeah, so we, I hired her and went through kind of a total uh, like restoration of my process, just like really looking at everything from start to finish. Like what is the borrower experience look like? Um, from, from my standpoint, we all sell the same product and our rates are probably very close to each other. Um, and our market is pretty competitive that you're not seeing crazy differences and really it's kind of the same stuff. So the only thing that in my estimation that makes me different is the borrower experience that they have and that mm. the whole customer experience how um, I interact with them, how we communicate, how I make them feel. And that's really it. So that's my whole focus is like, how does the borrower feel through the process? Are, are we connecting with them uh, emotionally? Mm-hmm. Um, are we meeting them where they are and um, taking care of them? You know, it's a hard, it's a big, huge financial decision. And our job is to give them ease and make sure that they know that they're making a good decision. So, yeah, let me ask you a few questions then around sure. the assistant. Um, so you um, opted to, you didn't get any support financially. Right. So exactly. So, okay. So, so initially no support financially. You're like, I'm going to d- invest in this all on my own. Right. 
Okay. So there's that your willingness to, this goes back to your, 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 you know, what you said about how do you know when it's time to hire your first assistant? It's when you're, you realize you're committed to the business. Right. Um, and you want to build an actual business, I assume, right. Not just be a quote salesperson. Right. So I think, so the cool thing about the business is that you can kind of do whatever you want to do. If right. you're the, if you're happy doing the two, three, four loans a month, and that provides you a living and maybe that's what you want to do. And it gives you enough time to go be with your family or do mm-hmm. whatever you want. And that's great. You should totally do that. Right. Um, I kind of had some, I took a step back in that, um, kind of coaching exercise that I've been going through. And I started looking at like big goals, like, where do I want to be? I'm 35. It's like, where do I want to be when I'm 45? What, mm-hmm. what does my life look like when I'm 50? Mm-hmm. And I had the, this conversation with my wife and we kind of sat down like, what does it look like? And, and then kind of peel that back and go, well, what do we need to do this year or today or in this hour to realize that bigger goal? Mm-hmm. And so when I was doing that kind of visioning, I, I saw that I wasn't going to get where I wanted to be doing the two, three, four loans a month. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to commit to, um, you know, really going after it and mm-hmm. building something that uh, could really generate wealth and can really provide for my family and, you know, have the, have the beautiful life. So right, exactly. clarity is helpful. Um, exactly. Okay. So you're investing in your own assistant. How did you find the assistant? What processes did you go through? Did you interview a bunch of people, all that? I interviewed nobody. Um, she was actually a processor here mm-hmm. in the, within the office Okay. and she was my processor and she worked with me and probably four other lenders here in, mm-hmm. in the team. And, um, she was a great fit and she wanted a little more and to, to grow her skill set. And so it was just a perfect match and they backfilled her position. So those other lenders have their own processor again. Yep. And they kind of pull do the pool process. So you approach the company and they're like, hey, you're a, hey, I want to take this person out of this role. Yeah. And they're they were okay with it. Yeah. Wow. All right. Good. Nice, man. Um, okay. So <coughs> what are some lessons learned? Uh, because being a processor is different than an, than an assistant. Yeah. And and what are some lessons learned and 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 how did her role change? Let's get specific on what she does for you to help sure. you generate more biz. So yeah, so she like still does all the processing too. <laughs> nice. Uh, and, and really the role that we added onto her day was with the time that she was using to process for other people, she does more of the assistant work. So she does like all of the like income calculation stuff where I would sit here and get it on Excel and figure out what people's in qualifying income is. She does all that on the pre-approval side. She writes all the pre-approval letters. She- well, let me let me interrupt. Sorry, let me let's back up for a minute. Then take me from the point of entry. I'm a I'm a client. I'm referred to you or yep. whatever. I you know I you're the first call. Yep. Okay. Let's let's take take us through your customer experience. Seeing as that's sure. important to you. Totally. So uh, usually it's a, a phone call um, that we have at first, and it's just kind of a needs analysis. Tell me basically what you're looking for. Let's make sure that we're a, a, a style match. And, you know, if you're the low cost leader people, I'll tell you, I'm not, I'm not the person for you um, where we have super competitive rates, but you can find cheaper. And I like to be upfront with people. Like if you want the cheapest, cheapest, cheapest rate, go online, find someone yeah. that will give you bare bones experience and you can save an eighth, have yeah. fun. Um, it's going to be like torture. It's going to be painful, but you can right. make it happen. So we have that conversation. I send them a needs list. They either apply with me on the phone or I send them an online link. Just depends on what their comfort level is. Um, and really in that conversation, it's about, you know, needs analysis, timing, understanding what they're looking for. And then I kind of cater my approach to them. So some people just want to do everything over the phone and by text. Other people are like, let's get in face to face. 
my preference is that we get face to face and I try to get that as much as possible. I think there's mm-hmm. um, something to that. I think on one of your podcasts recently, I talked about like looking at them and you can see if they're actually understanding physically. Right. right. Um, Visual cues. Yeah. Whoever said that was, was was spot on. I don't remember which one that was. Um, uh, but yeah, so I like to get. So you're, take, you're taking the app. I'm taking the app. Okay. Got I take it. the app. I do the collection of the financial documents. Mm-hmm pass that over to my assistant who's actually doesn't work in the same office as I do. She's in a different office. Okay. Um, and then she'll sort through all that stuff and figure out what we need. She sends me a needs list and. Hmm. Well, you've got an advantage in that she did processing. Exactly. Yeah. I'm leveraging her, her, her strong suit, which is she knows how to process a file and package it and put it together and prepare it for an underwriter to look at. And right. so she kind of cuts through all that red tape and this is like, I don't need taxes. Just, I need, this is a W2 only file. Wow. That's, that was a good find to be able to get her man. Yeah, it's great. So she's, she's awesome. So she, um, she makes the streamlines, the process from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So um, I only ask for what I really need. And, you know, she kind of okay. heads that. All right, so you got the you got the tenant through the app, and then they're going to come in or not, or you're going to do it over phone or text or whatever. Yep. Um, where are you involved in the process throughout the rest of the transaction? So Nell, Nell, who's my assistant, she drives everything kind of behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. She's talking to the title company. She's talking. She does all the other stuff. Ordering appraisal, all that stuff. Exactly. Basically, the only and she tells me what I need to do, um, uh, and nice. I am the one who talk, actually talks to the client. So if we need something from the client, I get an email from Nell saying, I need X, Y, Z. I call the client and say, hey, we're working on a file. Here's what's going on. Mm. This is what I need from you. Let me ask you this. Um, That was a conscious choice for you to make those calls versus her? Yeah. And she also, if she um, needs to correspond with the client or someone, it comes from my email. um, Is she licensed? No, she's not licensed. Um, but why Why are you choosing? Because some people choose the opposite, right? Some people choose to have their assistant call. Yeah. Get conditions and all that. Why are you choosing to have you do it? Because when I, in my personal, like my personal preference, yeah, right. that when I'm doing business with a person, I want to do business with that person. Okay. Right? Yeah. So it always has annoyed me as a consumer mm-hmm. when I think I'm doing business with somebody, but then their assistant or their someone or their whoever calls and they're like, Hey, I'm actually the one who's doing this for me. When I was designing it, I thought was better for my style was that I'm going to offload as much as I can behind the scenes and Mm -hmm. let other people do as much as they can behind the curtain. But in terms of the customer experience, they're doing business with me, not my assistant, if that makes sense. And it works for people. Other people have really amazing businesses where they have, you know, I was talking to someone at an event and they're like, I don't actually do customer consultations. Mm. Like, that's really cool. That's totally your style and you should. Yeah. Do that. Um, well, and that's the beauty, like you pointed out earlier, that that's the reality of this business. You can design right. it any way you want. Any way you want. Yeah. And everything works. different markets work differently, different, you know, different type of client bases work differently. And, and this is what I found has worked best for, for me mm-hmm. and my, my clients. Okay. Like that, like that. Okay. So you're, you're interfacing. What is your um, kind of your cadence or your schedule of meetings with your LOA? Like I know some people have a daily debrief for 15 minutes. Yeah. What does yours look like? Yeah, we do like a pipeline review every day in theory. Okay. Um, Just over the phone or whatever? Over the phone. Yep. And then we get together at least every other week for face-to-face. We, we, she's in 
probably 20 minute drive away. So we meet in the town that's in between us and grab a cup of coffee just to have that FaceTime. Sure. And talk about more strategic things and just like, Hey, here's the next thing I want you to take on. Here's mm-hmm. what I'm thinking of, you know, pipeline management wise, here's the next exercise that we're going to go through. Here's the new, you know, marketing initiative that we're going to take on, whatever it is that we do all that type of stuff face to face, but we we're talking constantly throughout the day. Right. I I call her in between meetings just to check in like, Hey, did this thing happen? Did that happen? What did that, that appraiser is late. Can we, you know, get that AMC to spur them along, whatever those deals are, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So she's handling the back end stuff, all that kind of, that's, you know, again, I think I'm just thinking of what you said here, (laughs) income calculations, which is not what I often hear with a, with a LOA. Um, another benefit of course, to her knowledge base. What other types of things do you have her doing to free you up that are, are they not loan related, such as biz dev or marketing related? Yeah. So she does like financing flyers. If I, if any of my realtor partners are doing an open house or have a listing, then I'll just send her, Hey, here's a new listing for so-and-so. And she has all these templates and she'll actually create the, the flyers that are all been through marketing compliance and all that stuff. Let me um, ask you a question on that. Seeing as that's a, that's a hot topic, financing flyers, right? That, flies around the social groups. Yep. Do you have agents asking those for those? Uh, do you find that they like them? Do you think that helps solidify your relationship? Yes. All of those. Yeah. Um, I've, I think I can, in, in the years I've been doing it, I think I've done one deal. I've got one phone call from someone who's like, Hey, I picked up a financing flyer right? and I want you to do our loan. I'm like, cool. And so, you know, that pay, probably pays for it for the life of ever. Sure. Uh, forever. But, um, I use that mostly as a touch point to, mm-hmm. to let the agents know that I'm paying attention mm-hmm. and to, is a reason to call. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I try to touch base with my partners as much as possible mm-hmm. and to be a value add. So I'll actually, will go work open houses um, mm-hmm. and spend time with them. Mostly I'm not there. If I, if I get a lead that day, it's, it's great, but mostly it's about solidifying the, the real right. partnership and letting right. them know that I care. And I'll invest my Sunday afternoon to spend with them. Haven't been so much lately because we have a 13 week at home, um, Uh at home. So I've been kind of slammed on the personal side. (laughs) Congratulations to that, man. Uh, Catching naps when you can, or were you the one telling me that? uh, No, you've you've got a good sleeper on your hands. We have a pretty good sleeper, but we 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 trade off in shifts. It's kind of like I'll take her for a few hours so mom can lay down and get some get some rest in the dark and then we switch and, and, you know, that's awesome. We, we make it happen. Um, okay. What else do you want to share about your assistant, your process together, things that you do, maybe something unique? Yeah. So I think the big thing is just, we talk all the time, kind of constant communication. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I totally trust her. Mm-hmm. I am. That's I, a key point. I trust that she is going to, like, I don't ask her to clock in. She doesn't work in the same office as me. I actually have no idea what she's doing at this particular moment. I trust that she's getting stuff done. And I know that she's getting stuff done because loans close mm-hmm. on time. Stuff happens. I, I get CC'd on emails and I see that things are going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing is that you have to trust your partners and you have to have a, a, a relationship where you know that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing so you can do what you need to do. Yeah, exactly. That's a, that's a key point there. Trust for sure. And again, you've got the benefit of you had been working with her already. So you guys had that relationship. So that's, that's nice. Smart of you to probably recognize that. Right. Yes. No, well, thanks. I try to try to use my head, but it's, I mean, that's, that is actually a pretty 
critical rule thing there. If you're hiring someone outside, yeah. that first hire has got to be right. I mean, you yeah. could really be sidelined and, and your business will hurt. Your, your Everything is going to hurt if you don't make that. That first hire has to be the right one. So take your time with that. Without getting into specifics, tell tell can you share like how you keep her happy, reward her financially and otherwise, right? <laughs> um, so I think that's like a like a personality profile type yeah. situation. So um, another cool Duncan thing is like I did, they did like the personality profile on me, and I'm a you do the disc, yeah, the disc profile. Okay, yep. Yeah. So uh, well, you say you were going to say you're a what? I'm a I'm a I'm a high di. And Shocker! She, yeah, former former wrestler, high D. Exactly right. And she's <laughs> uh, she's an S she's an SC. So we complement each other, mm. and um, which is great. So she, um, for her, like the financial reward is is obviously important mm. because it, we're all here to to make money and make a living. Sure. But really, she I have found that she likes to be part of a team and she likes to to win and she likes to feel like she the actions that she does directly impacts a positive result for our borrowers. Mm. So she gets a lot of fulfillment for that. So as she's kind of grown into the role, it's been really fun to see her grow and for her to take on more things that she probably never thought that she would be doing Mm -hmm. and being a little bit more, um, she's very um, introverted and trying to like, she's pulling out of that. So it's cool to see her grow and, and, and our relationship is really cool because she'll call me on my nonsense and be like, Hey, what are you doing today? I can see your schedule. You don't have any appointments. Why, why, why don't you have appointments? You need to be out there drumming up the business. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Why aren't you doing what you're supposed to be doing? I'm like, all right. Wow. That's cool. Awesome. <laughs> that's very unique. I like that. Cool. You know, I'm glad you mentioned the disc for a moment because uh, for anybody who's listening and looking at hiring, I'm, I'm a huge advocate of, of, um, using a, a resource like the disc. Uh, there's a company that I'm a, a fan of. It's called wise hire. Okay. W-I-Z-E-H-I-R-E. And they actually have a process where they'll ha- help you fi- uh, find, recruit. They'll place the job ad for you out on the various job sites for like a couple hundred bucks a month for whatever term you need. Uh, and they'll help you craft the messaging to a- attract that high S, that high C, whatever. Right. I mean, I use the disc a lot so just to the point of like holding up here. You can see I've got right. my cheat sheet on the, on yep. the disc, right? Yep. You've probably seen something like that. Totally. I have this uh, from a different company. Yeah, yeah. Has the different colors and right. what they all mean. Right. And so, uh, yeah. So, but you, but back to the point about your loan officer. You said she's a high uh, SC. Yeah. For the for those listeners who aren't as familiar with the disc, um, I mean, uh, the values of somebody's do a high SC. Their basic motivation is security, appreciation, assurance. Right. Um, let me flick on the back back side or the other side here. C. Uh, basic motivation, excellence, value. They like. Now, this is relevant because we're talking about hiring an assistant. This is why using a tool like the DISC will help you um, identify the right person because you can get into the type of environment they want to uh, work in, the, how they respond best to a leader, right? needs, how to communicate, and blind spots and all that stuff. Totally. No, and, and it's, it's so funny because when you read, if they, you get like a pretty detailed report. I have mine here somewhere, but yeah, yeah. Um, you, you wind up getting like a... 15 page report. And if you read through it and you really are open to it, you're like, yeah, that's totally me. When you're talking about the, like the, the difficulties that you have and, and your, like you said, your blind spots, if you're honest with yourself and you read that, it's like, yeah, nailed it. It's totally true. So, yeah. um, and I, I gave that to her. I'm like, here, this is, this is how, this is how I am. And I want to understand how you are so that we can you know meet each other's needs and, 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 uh, oh, yeah. each other in business. So, I mean, it's a good exercise. First of all, self-awareness is key. 
um, for yourself, just in general, in your life. If you're involved, if you're in a relationship with anybody, spouse, kids, you know, all that kind of stuff, it helps to understand their personality traits. And one last reference I'll give to everybody is um, Tony Robbins actually has a disc profile on his website. It's TonyRobbins.com forward slash disc. I've used this in the past as well. It's free. Um, just, just know that you're probably going to get some type of an offer after completing this thing. <laughs> I mean, Tony Robbins, of course you're going to get an offer. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> so just be aware of that. But if you guys want to mess around with the disc profile, check your zone, your own out, you know, um, anybody else that you work with, that, that'd be a smart move for you. Um, all right. So your main source then of business is real estate agents, right? I think it is for everyone, isn't it? <laughs> no, so I think I was, I was doing this again, the kind of coaching planning, right? So yeah. this year, probably about 60% uh, realtor referrals, 20% past clients. And then uh, the other 20% is kind of hodgepodge. I have a couple of attorneys that send me their complicated, you know, mm. divorce stuff and mm-hmm. that type of thing, which is fun. It's a good thing mm-hmm. to figure out. Um, but I'm really kind of looking at the future and trying to, trying to move, move the needle on some of those items. I kind of, don't like the idea of being having heavy concentrations. I think real referrals are never going to go away. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that um, for me, for the future, I want to have a, a more diverse um, uh, sources of referrals, probably, you know, in, in 20% increments. If I had 20% re- realtor referrals, you know, 20% mm-hmm. past clients, 20% maybe like CPAs or financial advisors, something to that extent where you're getting a, a wider range of referrals so that when the, when the market changes and it, and it will, um, that, that you kind of have all your bases covered if you don't have a, a lull in your business. Huh? Here's a question just popped in my head. I get sure. no preparation. What are the activities that you enjoy doing that, um, lead to business? Uh, I like people. So, <laughs> you know, the, the, the thing that I have found is when I allow myself to be authentic mm-hmm. and vulnerable with, people mm-hmm. that it attracts them to you. Mm-hmm. And I, I find that to be true in personal life and in business. And when, when I meet with a client or get a referral from someone um, or, or try to prospect a new referral partner, we don't really talk about business mm-hmm. because they already know what I'm there for. When I go and I have that meeting, it's really about who are you as a person? How, how are, are we a model match? Are we going to like doing business with each other? And just really to lay it all out on the line and just be like, this is who I am. This is what I'm all about. And, you know, some people are going to like that and other people are going to shy away from it and that's okay. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I'm not sure if that really answered your question. I can be more specific, I guess, but, um, no, no. I mean, in general, I, I, let me ask you another follow-up question to that. Yeah. Then how do you primarily, let's take realtors, for example, how do you primarily get in front of them? Yeah. So most of the realtors I work with, I've done a transaction with. Mm-hmm. Meaning, so they have the listing, the listing side, and we have a real specific strategy on how I communicate with uh, with a listing agent on a on a, on a deal that I have the buyer, mm-hmm. um, and I'll tell them up front if it's someone like I'll kind of do my background check on them to see who they are and make sure that they're someone I want to be in business with, and if they are, then I'll tell them up front like I'm going to knock this out of the park. You're going to be blown away um, from from your side of the of the transaction, and at the end. I'm going to ask you if I've done enough for, for me to, to be considered as a, as a potential partner for your, for your buyers. So that's cool. You asked that up front on the intro call. Oh yeah. I tell them, yeah. I tell them up front. I, you know, as yeah. soon as we're in contract, I'll tell them, I'll do my background and make sure that they're the right kind of person. And, yeah. Right. And, and um, 
if they are, then I, I'm pretty aggressive in that. And we'll tell them straight up, like, I, I know who you are and, and like, you know, I, I want, I want to be your partner. So sounds like straight out of uh, taken with Liam Neeson. I know who you are. Exactly. I have a special set yeah. of skills. <laughs> well, and then, and then it's really that follow up to make sure that they, um, they feel the love, you know, that they, that, that, that I'm yeah. doing something different than everyone else out here. Well, look, it's a very much overlooked uh, area for you adding. Well, let me ask you this. How often do you get the, um, the listing agents? That's great, Dan. I'm a listing agent. I get that sometimes. And I go, that's cool. Hmm. And then, you know, that, then I, my, I guess my feeling is that there's enough business to go around. Yeah. You know, They're like whatever, that's cool. Fine. Um, if we're yeah, fit, like, we're that's fit. great. Then we're not fit. Then that's, you know, they're going to brush me off. That's cool. Um, it's actually funny. I had this experience the other day that I, um, this realtor like referred me a deal kind of out of the blue. Right. Mm. And so I was like, cool, this is great. And this was like maybe six months ago. And I followed up with them at the end of this year. It's like, Hey, thanks so much for that referral. Nothing ever wound up happening with it, but just want to say thanks. And you know what, if, uh, if we can get together and strategize for 2020 and see how I can be a, a partner to you and so on and so forth, that'd be really great. And she just fired back with this text message that was like, stop soliciting me. I'm not interested in working with you. I already have a lender. I was just like, like she was pretty aggressive with it. And I messaged her back. I was like, okay, like that's, we're cool. You just had sent me something earlier this year. And I just wanted to make sure that I was following up with you. And she just totally ghosted me. And for a second, I was like, oh man, that really hurts. Like that, I was like, I thought that we had something good going on here. And then I was like, you know what? We're just not a model match. And that's not someone I want to be in business with anyway. So that's cool. And this was a realtor who sent you a deal. Yeah, it was, it was the most bizarre. It was the most bizarre thing. But mm. is what it is. Things, Psycholog- things happen. I, psychological issues there. I think. Yeah, I'm like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> so, all right. Um, in in prepping for this uh, interview, I also looked at. Um, uh, I, I look for things that kind of stand out for me. So, okay. you've got a fair amount of um, Zillow reviews, right? Twenty two uh, at this at this time, uh, and I'm always curious about like, are you consciously asking going for reviews with yeah, your clients? Mm-hmm. I do, and kind of our, our process at, at the end of a transaction, I'll ask them to review. Um, I have been a little sporadic in where I ask people to review as things change and algorithms and that sort of thing. So for a while it was like, go to Yelp, you know, yeah, I right. Yelp was going to be great. And then, so that kind of, I stopped doing that a while back and then it was, um, uh, Zillow for a minute. And then, um, Actually, I think it was your podcast. The guy from like Reach 150 was on or something like that uh-huh. like forever yeah. ago. And I was like, that sounds pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So I had some people go into there to leave some reviews. And now it's kind of like Facebook, Google, Reach 150, kind of wherever someone wants to leave a review, I'll, I'll take it. Hmm. And do you send out like a post-closing email for that? I do. Yeah. Kind of post-closing email. Thanks for your business. And, uh, and you know, call me with questions. Here's the next time you're going to hear from me is if and when your loan gets transferred for servicing, make sure you have, you know, payment details on that guy. And then uh, if you have a minute, if you enjoyed our service, you know, leave me a review and helps my business grow that type of, that type of message. Mm. And do and how do you find the adoption on that? Pretty good. People leaving reviews. Pretty good. Probably half of them mm-hmm. somewhere okay. if they leave a review. Okay. All right. Very cool. Um, let's uh, close out here with 2020, man. What are your plans for 2020? Anything you're implementing differently in your business, whether it's marketing or process-wise? Yeah, I think I think it's just uh, like I said, just trying to to diversify the, the referral base. I think it's really 
honing in and learning, continuing to learn from on, on our process and, and um, continuing to develop our customer experience process and then creating templates around pretty much everything. Right. Um, I'm a big template person. I, I like, maybe I'm old school, but I like paper templates where you actually have to write something down and there's like a checklist of mm-hmm. things to make sure that there's nothing missed. And, and as you get busier and busier, at least I've, I've experienced, things get fuzzy and you forget details about things and having that checklist is pretty crucial. Mm-hmm. So every process that we have, we're creating templates for, it should be a predictable process, but still with some personality and individuality behind it. I don't, I don't want to be a, a machine where no one feels like they're getting, you know, catered to specifically. It's like, uh, this is the way that we do it. You either fit it or you don't. Don't really like that. I kind of like to adapt to people as we go through the process, mm-hmm. but in general, have a framework of how we do things. Right. Um, and uh, that's the big thing is just continuing the momentum that we have and, um, and I don't say perfecting because that's not really possible, but really yeah, optimizing. To, yeah, optimizing as best we can the way that we, um, um, the way that we interact with the clients. I mean, it's everything from when you get a, a referral from somebody, what does that feel like? What does that look like? I've had this kind of pet peeve of like, oh, text my guy, Dan, here's my phone number. I don't think that converts really well. So I'm working on a solution. I'll, I'll send it to you when I have it implemented, but I'm working on a solution to make that experience better and different. Mm-hmm. Um, so everything just working on the tiny little detail tweaks that I think will make a big difference in, in the production and, and uh, satisfaction. Yeah. And also real quick, you mentioned you're already looking at hiring another person. Yeah. So oh. yeah. Um, I think that I kind of want to reduce part of the process and learning a little bit. And I want to, I want to do redo part of the process. So um, my assistant is really, really good. Um, and I want her to take on more of like the processing um, uh, kind of director of operations type role. And the second person will do more kind of proactive uh, annual review type things. Like I got, um, I like like the total cost analysis type things where you uh-huh. can do an annual review and, put something together and brand it and do that sort of thing. Just don't have the time of the day to do it. Um, they'll help me with some of my marketing outreach. Um, they'll, they'll kind of be a catch all first director of first impression type of person. Oh, nice. All way, yeah. Yeah. All the way down to, um, stuffing envelopes and sending out mailers and, and okay. you know, it's, it's going to be a, on the business side, on the business side. Yep. Yes. Very nice. Very cool, that man. Good. It's probably long winded, but that's, no, <laughs> no, I appreciate the details. That's very okay. good. Um, awesome. So if anybody wants to reach out to you, man, what was the best place to reach to, to send them? Facebook, your website? What do you want to do? Yeah, just go to Instagram or Facebook and find me, uh, Dan Anchetta. I think it's Dan Anchetta underscore home loans on Instagram. Um, oh, put, we'll put links in there too, by the yeah, way. Yeah, and uh, I'm like open book. So if anyone wants to chat, like I'll give you my cell number. Um, Find me on LinkedIn. It has all my contact info there, and I'm happy to talk with whoever and and um, yeah, do what I do what do what, do what I can to help everyone. Nice man. Cool. Well, look, I mean, you, it's again back to congratulations to you for the fast track to success. Right, just three years in the biz, eighty plus units, and you know you're going to grow even more in 2020. And you you got smart and realized that in order for you to scale and grow, right, you had to have help and have an assistant. So I think you did that earlier than most people do man. So thanks. Yeah. And I, 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 this whole thing, I just kind of stumbled into it to be honest with you. I still feel like I'm, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just kind of figuring it out as I go. And 
yeah. appreciate you know you reaching out and and us getting together yeah, for sure. I wanted to, the whole point of this, this interview was to just kind of, um, bring people into the discussion about hiring your first assistant, getting over the hump to do that. There's a number of LOs I'm working with right now that are actually in process to do that. You know, that that's the way you're going to grow. Cause that's like you alluded to earlier on that roller coaster ride of, of, of originate process, originate process exactly. that, that cannot continue if you're ever going to really, you know, have a real business. Exactly. And I, yeah, I think that was the moment for me. I was like, I got it. I got to do this different. And yeah, yeah. And, I, and then I just shut my mouth and listened to other smart people who, who had done it and just did what they said to do. Right on, right <laughs> on. Well, look, man, I appreciate you making time. And listeners, yeah, sure. as always, uh, thank you for tuning in. And you know what to do. Hey, if you like this episode or others, leave us a review and uh, we will see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Marketing Radio. Want more truth in mortgage marketing? Get more free training and resources at MortgageMarketingInstitute.com. Hey guys, what's up real quick. Uh, you've heard about the mortgage marketing pro membership before. And I just want to quickly remind you if that you're in a place in your business where you simply need more purchase loans, you need to fill your pipeline with purchase business. Let's just face it. Agents are still a solid pillar of business and sources of purchase business for you. Well, good news. Our Mortgage Marketing Pro membership helps loan officers like you close more loans without the hassle of chasing agents or cold calling. Done for you agent classes, expert training videos, a marketing automation platform that automates the entire process for you, everything you need to build your personal brand in your local market, attract and convert agents into referral partners, plus done for you proven marketing materials and plug and play content to make promoting your class, getting agents butts and seats, partnering with affiliates real easy. But that's not all. You'll also get access to our weekly mastermind calls with top LOs, authors, speakers, and coaches to learn the best strategies to grow your business right now in today's market. And as an extra bonus for a limited time, for all new members, you'll get access to a database of 200 agents in your local market that have closed anywhere to, from eight to 50 transactions in the last 12 months. And we'll provide that list upload into our platform for you so you can get off to a fast start in reaching actually productive agents. So what are you waiting for? You can check out more at mortgagemarketing.pro, see more of the success stories there. And if you feel compelled to do so, book a call. We'll have a chat. We'll see if it's a fit. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your mortgage business to the next level right now. Head over to mortgagemarketing.pro.